Journey to Organization, episode 110. What do personal organizers do? You're listening to the Journey to Organization podcast with Rebecca Saltzman. Advice to help you clear your clutter and your mind. Hello and welcome to Journey to Organization. I'm Rebecca Saltzman from Balagan Begone Personal Organization. And today I want to respond to a post that I saw on the internet about what personal organizers do, how come they charge so much, and why they need to have such long sessions. Basically what happened was a friend of mine forwarded a post she saw in another group, which said, basically it was a rant (laughs) by a person who said, you know, I don't understand why professionals need to charge so much money, why they have to do a five-hour session, why it it is the way it is. <laughs> I'm willing to pay for help, but, you know, I'm looking for a student or someone who charges much less. And what I realized from that post was people have no idea what personal organizers do, why it's better to get an organizer, especially if you have an issue, uh, versus a student or someone who's not necessarily a pro, someone who does it on the side. The reason why it's important to have a professional personal organizer is because someone who's experienced and even someone who's new, um, especially if they have a mentor, has seen or heard it all. (laughs) We promise you, you're probably not the worst person. But when you get especially an experienced organizer or an experienced anything, a trainer, a chef, a babysitter, a tutor, when someone is experienced, they charge more money because what you're paying for is their experience. What you're paying for is that they understand how to get you to your goal. They have seen stuff, they have experienced stuff, they have experimented with different techniques, and they know how to get you to your goal. So when you say, oh my goodness, they charge so much, they require so much time, it's so much energy, blah, blah, blah. It's basically, in my opinion, a lack of understanding about what exactly happens in the process. So if you're thinking about hiring a personal organizer or any sort of professional, I think it's a good idea to try to understand why it's important to have a professional on your team. Okay, so let's go through the basics. The first reason why you would want to use a professional is like what I said before, is because they know how to get you to your goal. Now, how pros work is different. I can only say exactly how I work, so I'll explain to you how I work, and you you can decide from there (laughs) what you want to do, how you want to proceed. Basically, for me, what happens is, is I have a consultation, a video chat with somebody, and they show me their house. And I explain to them how many sessions I think they need up front right away. And I am not always right because most people have a secret stash, a place where they didn't actually show me where they were hiding stuff and I didn't get to see everything. And I also don't know exactly how fast you're going to be. So I look through your house on the video chat and I estimate based on the number of rooms, based on how long I know that a room takes based on how much stuff I see. And and then I can make an estimate. And that is just that. It's an estimate. Again, sometimes I'm wrong. In general, I would say it takes about when you're working with a pro, it takes about five to eight hours for a master bedroom, depending on the state of your house, of course, but between five to eight hours for a master bedroom. It sometimes can take 
um, that same amount of time for a kitchen, for a living room. Again, it all depends on how much stuff you take. But in general, what I like to do is I like to allot one session per room. It's not always accurate, but in general, I find that that's the best way to count for things. Because honestly, there's a lot of stuff packed into your small space. You don't necessarily realize it, but it takes time to take it all out and go through it and sort it and make decisions about everything. Not to mention, after a while, you get decision fatigue and that just delays the process even more. So when I say five hours to someone, when I say a session is five hours it sounds overwhelming. And if I have a client who definitely can't handle five hours, I will make it a four hour session. But in general, I find that most people can do the five hour sessions. For some people, though, it is overwhelming. And if that's the case, your organizer should be able to understand that and know that after the first visit. I can tell after three hours if someone can do the whole five. I can usually understand that even before, but I'm not always 100% sure. Sometimes people surprise me, which I love. And sometimes people just have off days. (laughs) So, you know, that happens too. The fact of the matter is, though, is that a pro is going to be able to be flexible with you. And because they understand that you're a human being. (laughs) Um, Now, let's talk a little bit about why professionals usually cost more than non-professionals. I'll tell you why. First of all, we value our time. We know what our time is worth. We know how much we're worth. And we know that we are offering you a very special service. doesn't matter what a professional does. They know that they're offering you a service. And nobody wants to work for free. Not to mention, when you actually pay for a service, you have more likelihood or a higher likelihood of being more effective or having a greater outcome when you've put money on the table because it shows that you're in the game. It shows that you're willing to work hard because nobody, no matter how rich they are, wants to lose money. So once you put money in the game, it's a lot easier to make progress and make your home or whatever it is goal you're trying to make come true because you're putting money down every single time. Now, when you pay for a professional, what part of what you're paying for is their professionalism. You know, the, you expect them to show up on time. I always send my, my clients recaps at the end of the day. I'm in touch with them in between sessions. Um, but they also are paying for my experience as part of my professionalism. I have dealt with clients who have ADHD. I have clients who are getting divorced. I have clients who are in bad marriages. I have clients who are in good marriages. I have clients who are pregnant. I have clients who have had six babies. I have clients who had two babies. I have all sorts of different, I have single mom clients. I have all sorts of different clients and all sorts of different experiences to help me relate to you in the best possible way. By taking the time to figure out which professional is best for you, you're going to understand who they've worked with before. And you can ask them, have you ever worked with someone in my similar situation before? And if they have, that's a good sign. And if they haven't, it's not necessarily a disqualifier, but, you know, you can probe them a little more. Well, is there anything a little bit similar to you? you know, to me, I'm sorry, is there anything a little bit similar to me? Um, How would you deal with blah, 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 X, Y, and Z situation, you know? And I think no personal organizer or any professional who's worth their salt will not answer those questions. Like, will not not answer those questions. So if you ask me, have I had, have you had someone like me 
in the past and I say, you know, I haven't had someone exactly like you, but I've had X, Y, and Z person, and then you ask me questions about that, I will for sure answer them as long as they're not like revealing of who the client was because obviously there is confidentiality, which is another reason to hire a pro. A pro will make sure that your time together is confidential. But anyways, the point is, is going back, when you are talking to a professional, you really want to find out, you know, is 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 my situation like new to you or do you feel comfortable in my situation because you've experienced something similar and if the answer is yes then you're in totally good hands another reason why a professional is going to cost more is because a good professional will have insurance (laughs) so in case something goes wrong if they fall if they break something if something happens there is insurance and coverage to be dealt with and that means that you are more protected so part of what you pay for when you're going with a pro is the insurance is the coverage that happens when you work with a pro when you work with a pro a lot of times people are traveling so a good professional will include their travel expenses in their cost and they won't charge extra now I personally charge extra for some things here's what I charge extra for I charge extra if I'm going shopping for you I charge extra if I'm purchasing for you if I charge extra if I'm scanning for you and I charge extra if we are doing additional one-on-one long-term coaching in between the in-home service but I don't charge you for my transportation I don't charge you for the tolls I don't charge you for my gas I don't charge you for the time that I am traveling all of my fee is a flat fee included in and everything is included in that one fee. So it's flat and I'm not nickeling and diming you. Any person who is nickel and diming you is someone you're going to want to watch out for. It's not, it's not going to f- make you feel like you're thrilled in that situation. But when you are working with someone wh- who has a flat fee, it's a good idea to check out exactly what is covered in that fee. When you're working with a professional a lot of times they will take the time in between sessions to chat with you. If one of my clients calls me and says, hey, I can't find XYZ, I'll be like, oh yeah, it's it's you know in the cabinet above the kitchen sink. If one of my clients calls me and says, I'm feeling frustrated or worried or angry, then I sit down and I talk to them. Maybe not that minute, but I make a time when I can talk to them. A good coach, organizer, trainer, whatever, professional is gonna make time for you and give you the support that you need to get you to your goal. A student probably doesn't have the time to do that. Someone who's not doing this as their full-time profession is not gonna have the time to give you to support you and help get you to your goal. I felt that a lot of times when people are like, why do professionals have to charge so much? I feel that like those people don't really value the service that they're getting. They they don't really understand the experience, the expense that goes into having a business. They don't understand what they're getting for the money. 
if they don't have the money, I I totally get that. (laughs) Not everybody has the money to pay for the service. But if you talk to organizers, a lot of them have programs they can do that are less expensive to help keep you on track. So for example, I have Conquer Your Clutter. It's much less expensive than if I come to your house and depending on which package you buy, you can get one-on-one coaching with me for, for 12 weeks. And it's a really great deal. So sometimes I can't, I can't go to everybody's house. I don't travel to, you know, Australia. I don't travel to South Africa. I don't travel to England. I barely even travel to the U.S. anymore. And so, (laughs) you know, if someone's willing to pay the right price, you know, my full fee, then okay, I'm happy to do it. But for most people, they can't afford that. And so there's all these other options that are a great way to work with a professional that you want to work with. So even if you can't work necessarily one-on-one, many professionals have masterminds or group coaching or some other program to help get you to your goal. So before you rule out working with any specific professional, not just me, but any professional, take the time to see if they have any other products that might benefit you. So I hope that gives you a little insight as to why hiring a pro is worth the money. (laughs) It's not coming from a place of, you know, anger, worry. I just want everybody to understand why getting a professional is, is good for you in the outcome, in the end. It's an investment in yourself. Hiring a professional is an investment in yourself. It says to you, to your brain, to your heart, to your whole body, to the people around you, I am investing in myself. I am going to get to my goal because I have invested in myself. I'm going to get to my goal because I am taking the time to get to my goal. I am going to get to my goal because I have someone helping me get to my goal. And when you put money down on the table, it says, I'm serious about getting to my goal. And when you hire a professional who can help you get to your goal, that also signals to yourself and to everybody else, I am going to get to my goal. And I think that Uh, Yesterday, I had a client actually, and she said to me, well, I've worked with other personal organizers in the past, but they haven't been, you know, serious. (laughs) And, And now she, you know, hired me. And I think she felt like much more... Secure in her decision because all of a sudden everything was more laid out for her. Everything was more organized for her. It was something that I do. That's all I do, you know, and I'm not, you know, running off to do something else. Obviously, I'm a mom, so I have that responsibility and people understand that, but I don't have six other jobs. And I think when someone is serious about hiring a pro, it says something like, I'm serious about doing this and I'm serious about helping you and I'm serious about helping myself. And so if you're on the fence about whether or not you should hire a student or a professional, if you have the money, get a professional. But don't settle. Don't get just anybody. Get someone who you feel is the right fit for you. Listen to your gut. If your gut is saying this is this is a go, <laughs> then go. But if your gut is saying like, mm, I'm not so sure, listen to that feeling. If you're no good professional will give you the hard sell because they know that you have to come to it on your own. So if you keep asking questions and keep engaging them, they will answer you and they will find a way to make you feel comfortable. And if they don't, then let it go. Find somebody else. You can find somebody else. There's always somebody else. I want to take a few minutes to answer a few listener questions that I got. The first listener question is, 
I can't believe you sit in the closet all the time to do recordings. <laughs> okay, so I just want to say it's not like a built-in closet. That's number one. It's actually just like a standalone closet. I, I just put my microphone on the shelf and I just sit and talk to it. <laughs> I'm not like in the closet. It, it doesn't make me feel claustrophobic because I'm not inside the closet. It's actually open in the back of me and I can move around. And even though I have like blankets on the side to absorb some of the sound, I, I, I'm okay. <laughs> but thank you so much for your concern. The next question I got was from the episode a few weeks ago about containers. And she said, I don't really understand what you said. <laughs> so I just want to be clear. I said, if you want to buy containers, okay. But don't buy containers before you know what you're buying for. That's number one. Number two is, is be conscientious about what you are saving. So for example, if you're saving clothing in between children, save for children you actually have, not for unknown children, right? You want to save for the children that you have, not for the children that you don't have. Uh, because you never know what the next child's going to be, when they're going to come, if the season is going to be good. In the meantime, you might as well let somebody else use your clothing. You can always get more. Like there's always going to be hand-me-downs to have. If you want to save a few like very sentimental pieces, that's fine. But be conscientious about what you're saving because you never know what could happen in the interim between babies. Even if you have, you know, a 15-year-old and a 10 year old and you're saving clothing in between, you know, God forbid you could have a flood or a fire or you might need to move and then you have to pay to move all that stuff. And if you, God forbid, had a flood or a fire, then all that stuff is going to get damaged and you took all that time to sort it and store it and the the plastic's going to get moldy and everything's going to be yucky and just be conscientious about what you decide to save was my main point. If you need to save things, it'll be fine. Like, it's okay. If you need to save some things, if you know you have a 15-year-old boy and a 10-year-old boy, then for sure, you should save things in between them. But only save the very best stuff. Only save the stuff that the 10-year-old will use. They know, for example, I always say this example, my younger son doesn't like jeans, but my older son does. I never used to save the jeans. I used to pass them on right away. It wasn't a big deal because I knew that he wasn't going to like jeans. So if if you're ten, as you're putting away your 15-year-old stuff, show it to your 10-year-old. He'll be like, I don't like that. I don't like that. I like this. I don't like that. That's not a good condition. I'm not going to wear that. That fabric doesn't feel comfortable for me. Feel free to ask your kids. And if they're small, then just save what you like, but only save the stuff that's in best conditions because elastic goes bad, stains come out, even though we thought we put away the stuff clean. Only save the very best stuff and only save what you actually need. So a week's worth of clothes, two weeks worth of clothes. You don't need two months worth of baby clothes, right? So I hope that gives some clarity <laughs> to that question. And the last question I want to answer today was a follow-up question to when I spoke about filing. The caller asked if she needed to have a filing cabinet. And you don't need to have a filing cabinet. There's lots of different options out there. I personally don't have a filing cabinet. I have these mesh file cubes that stack onto each other and have a rolling base. I've had them for like almost 20 years. They're really great. <laughs> I like them a lot. They can roll around and move around and you can lift them up and it's 
it's good. They're good. Uh, they And they have hanging file folders in them. You could also get a box. They make accordion file boxes. You can get just file boxes that are meant that have little um, bars on the side to hold hanging file folders. They're much smaller than the cubes. They're like rectangular boxes. Uh, they're maybe like two inches deep, two or three inches deep. They're not that big. Uh, it depends what you have space for. Lots of stores have different things. Target has them. Uh, the Container Store has them. Office Depot has them. Ikea has them. Staples has them. Office Max has them. Uh, uh, Max Stock has them. Lots of different stores have them. Each store is going to have a different offering, but you can get them in lots of places. It doesn't really matter to me what kind of holder you have as long as it works for you and you're able to place files in, you know, together. I personally have, I have three storage cubes. Um, they're square, so, you know, they hold a hanging file folder. I guess they're probably 20 by 20. Um, they hold a, a quite a bit. They're not all totally full. And, you know, I go through them every year or so and I get rid of the documents that I no longer need at the end of the year. And it works for me. Three is enough for me. Some people need, you know, a five drawer filing cabinet. Some people are fine with a two drawer filing cabinet. Some people are fine with two small file boxes. It totally depends on your needs. What you need is going to be different from somebody else's. But there are other options available besides for a full size file cabinet. If you have questions, feel free to send me an email at Rebecca at BalaganBegon.com or you can leave me a voicemail message. I'm happy to answer questions. I won't necessarily get to all of your questions right away. So do give me a little bit of time to answer those questions. If you have a topic you would like me to discuss, please feel free to email me or leave me a voicemail with that information as well. For now, I wish you all a great week and happy organizing. Thanks for listening to the Journey to Organization podcast. You can find Rebecca on Twitter and Instagram at BalaGonBegon and on Pinterest as Rebecca Saltzman. Visit BalaGonBegon.com for resources and to join the mailing list to get podcast updates.